Alicia Monique again and I want to talk about suffering. Uh, I don't want to talk about suffering in the way that you know we're all used to hearing um, about uh, suffering, how it produces and works in you faith and endurance and um, patience, it does all those things, and I'm not trying to trivialize. Um, I'm not trying to trivialize those things. And let me, let me, let me clarify. When I say it, it does all those things, it's not like it's a, a magic pill, right? So let me just take this suffering pill so I can be patient. Uh, well, let me take this suffering pill so that you know, it can have its full work in me, and I'll be able to stand and um, and that my faith will grow. Uh, I, I don't mean it that so simplistic and trivial. Um, definitely don't want to minimize anyone's suffering. I'd be the first person um, to advocate for just the stupidity. I'm not, I, no, I'm not advocate, but that can testify to the stupidity of people when others are suffering. I mean, like, we can say the dumbest things to each other in the name of Jesus and trying to be overly spiritual and godly. Just stop. There's something um, necessary and there's something profound about just being quiet in the face of another person's pain. Uh, we see that in Job. His friends had it right. They had it. They actually had it right in the beginning. And then they opened their mouths and started talking. Like it's and reproving words that are for the wind. Um, it's just, just please be quiet sometimes. Um, suffering can take a toll on someone's soul. There's so much at work in just the feeling of pain. There's demonic activity oftentimes connected to suffering. Again, let's look at Job. When the devil was roaming to and fro, And he had to get God's permission to cause suffering to come upon his head. So there's there's a lot at work here. And we think our spiritual, mature selves think that we can just speak a word out of our foolishness. And that's going to be bomb to a downcasted soul. Stop it. Sometimes... Just weep with those who are weeping. Sometimes just sit in silence with those who have no words because they're choked by the pain and the agony um, of their circumstance, whether it be internal, external, caused by their own hands or another. Life is real. And life really is hard, as surely as the sparks fly upward. God calls us to take heart because he's overcome the world. And it's in that that we try to reconcile how do we take heart in the midst of something that seems to be breaking every piece of our hearts. What is our hope supposed to be? Where is our comfort lie? Where do we go? To To whom do we go to that has the answers to lift our souls back up to heaven? How can we rejoice in the midst of this sorrow? 
How are we to believe in the goodness of God when there's nothing good about any of our circumstances? It is hellish. When we despair of life itself, we find ourselves in the wilderness with Elijah, just asking for death when we're cursing the day of our birth. How? How do we coax our souls to hope in God, knowing that we will again praise them, praise Him? One way is not by surrounding ourselves with stupid people who care nothing about the state of your soul, but only about, in a sense, relishing in your brokenness and exalting themselves over you to say that, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you know, I comforted sister so-and-so and I, I was there to, to, to preach the gospel to them. And, you know, I would just rebuke their unbelief and, 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 you know, I, I, I just told them that you just got to believe and you just got to be happy and you got to pull yourselves up from your bootstraps because God is just too good for you to be sad. Stop it. In the name of Jesus, stop it. Why are you cast down on my soul? The psalmist said. Why are you in turmoil within me? The psalmist said. Stop it. You know how much damage we do to people with that? You got Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane asking for the cup to pass. You got Jesus being called a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and yet you're rebuking the grief of his creation? Stop it. Tragedies are real. Human emotions are real. They were shared by God. God is a feeling being. And this world is falling and it's groaning. The creation is growing, waiting for the day of redemption. And we groan right along with it. There's a roaring lion seeking to devour us. There's sin that's always crouching at our door. There's thorns in our flesh. There's sins of another. There's sins within ourselves. We are fallen and we are broken through and through and this world hurts. And this is why we long for the world to come, for heaven to come. This is why we long for a new creation and we long for our, our savior to return and bring an end to all of the chaotic nonsense. For one day we'll be as he is. Face to face, there'll be no more striving, no more tears, no more pain, no more brokenness. All things will be reconciled to our Creator and we'll be in fellowship with Him for eternity. And we'll be around His throne singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Glory to your name, Jesus. And can you imagine him being with him in all splendor and all majesty? And there's not a care in this wretched world, not one care. Devastation strikes and sometimes it seems like, you know, there's, there's no, 
there's no foresight. Just sometimes it's just, just all of a sudden, the waves are crashing over you all of a sudden and you're just trying to breathe. And then here comes another wave. And you're trying to catch your breath. You're trying to get your head above the wave to breathe. And here comes another one and another and you're drowning. And you got your people, your so-called people who are standing on the boat looking at you, telling you about how you should be, you got to paddle a little harder. You got the wrath. Throw it out to me. Don't just sit there and tell me what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing and how, and the, and the, and the, um, and how, how the, 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 the pull from the moon is causing the, I don't want to hear all of that. I'm drowning. I need my savior. And so if you can't give me that, if you can't give me the weeping, sympathizing high priest of a king that I have, then don't give me anything, okay? Like, don't give me anything. Believer, what's our hope supposed to be? That we do have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. He cares. Though he sits in heaven enthroned, he looks low, He dwells amongst us. His name is Emmanuel. He cares about the very thing that's hurting you. A bruised reed he will not break. He he desires to be lowly with you. And he'll meet you right there. He'll meet you right there. And he'll speak peace and comfort and promises that he's there and he's working and he's still sovereign and even in this as he's collecting your tears in a bottle even in this he's working something out something I don't know I'm not saying that he's working your circumstances out and that your circumstances will get better because sometimes it doesn't but he's working out in you a deep trust in him He's helping you to believe uh, his goodness and his wisdom and his control in spite of your reality that wants to preach to you otherwise. He wants to draw you into intimacy just to see how sweet and good he is. As you open up the scriptures and see the accounts of him interacting with his people and him weeping with those who are weeping because his friend died and he comforts the woman on on her knees um, just cleansing his feet with her tears and her alabaster flask he draws near to her he meets the woman at the well he goes through Samaria and meets the woman at the well he's not ashamed to be named with her to be seen with her man you see him uh, with the lepers ostracized from society and he's healing the laying he's licking his fingers and sticking his hands in their ears touching their tongue 
He's comforting. He's comforting those in doubt who's fallen away. He's still walking with Judas? What? Time and time again, he's explaining himself to his doubting um, followers so patiently. This is our Savior. This is who we need in our times of brokenness. This is what we need. A lot of times we just know so much and we try to be more godly than God himself. Allow people to weep. Allow people to feel their humanity. Allow people to feel the to feel the groaning of creation. I think that's one of our problems. We don't cry enough. Our tear duct, our tear ducts are so dry. We get angry about injustices most times when they affect people who look like us. But can we have eyes to see? the chaos in this world and and know that in the beginning this was not to be so. This was not to be so. This was not God's original plan. We've been subjected to to futility in the garden. In Genesis 3, and now everything's out of order. And that breaks... God's heart, and it should break ours. And so when you come across a hurting person, just think about all of redemptive history for a second. Just stop. Before you open your mouth, think about redemptive history. Put all the pieces together that you can put together. Ask God to help you put the pieces together. And then insert this broken life and the threat of redemption and let that move you to feel compassion where there ought to be compassion then speak a word of grace and healing to the soul you know what think about your own brokenness whether you and and, and this might be a problem is that a lot of us don't think A lot of us think that we have it all together, right? Oh, my life is fine. I got this car. I got this marriage. I got this um, job. I got this whatever, whatever it is. And you see that and you you base your condition on the things that you have. What do you have that you have not received? And if you received it, why do you boast? You can have all the riches in the world and still be the poorest man before God. We're all in need of a savior. We we all have it wrong, somewhere profoundly wrong. And we miss that. And when we miss that, that's when why our tear ducts stay dry. And that's why you glory in other people's pain and hang up. Because 
your mind, you got it right, and they're to be the ones most pitied. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I want to share. Um, let me see. I want to share just a quick post um, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Aisha Monique. Two, the number two. So it's A I S H A M O N I Q U E. Two, the number two. That's my Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, in case you're on either of the platforms. So this this is what I shared recently. I recently read that the way up is to go down. The way to the top is to go to the bottom. It sounds so profound. It would make for a great catchy bio on our social media profiles, right? But the truth of the matter is that our only, that I'm sorry, that our way is often found navigating valleys of darkness, confusion, and failures. Life is paradoxical and that pain will birth joy. Humiliation rots out exaltation by different standards not imagined by superficial dreams. Not knowing is the exact place where knowledge is cultivated. Faith comes by way of hard adversity and nakedness. Sobriety develops through grave committed offenses and absorbing the atrocities of another. Freedom is uncaged when we find ourselves lost, unshackled by the constraints of idol worship. To deny and rid of our very selves is to discover our refined self. To to commit to one hard thing, process, or person will be our death and subsequent life. Humanity is complicated. The proverbial waves and the billows roll around the great waters of sanctifying tragedies and glories. And if our eyes be lifted to the hills, we will succumb to the ravaged lying who wishes to devour us by way of our, our very own lust and conscience. Our inner selves are indeed dark and monstrous, bringing upon our haughty heads much shame and embarrassment. And so our hope must be in the one whose inner self is the radiance of glory, grace, and our source of rightness. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you something, he said. And somehow, in all of the pain, there is beauty. Would be that we collect our bleak canvases, wet our brushes with tears, and paint with long strokes of love and image-bearing creativity and oneness. Our broken selves are masterpieces in the hands of the Redeemer. Allow yourself to be molded, Aisha. Sit. Let it have its full work of completion, lacking nothing. Gain everything. Be found. Be whole. Literally, you live. And if you're not a fool, if you're not an absolute fool, my God, do you learn. Life is paradoxical, y'all. It's oftentimes in these hard moments, in these bitter moments, that Jesus becomes sweet. Oftentimes, where we look out and we see trees, or we see men like trees walking, that God would touch our eyes and allow us to see. Yeah. Yeah, so take comfort, but take comfort in the only wise Savior. Try to find your comfort there. You will lift our drooping heads. One day, you will, I will, we will again praise him. 
please subscribe, share. I hope you enjoyed. You can dialogue with me on um, on those platforms, Twitter or Instagram. But Joe Solomon, he recently, I'm going to end with this. He recently um, uh, uploaded a, an episode on his, or he calls it installments on his Chase God webisodes, I believe. And it's, um, he, he titled it, Things May Not Get Better, But You Do. Yeah, Things May Not Get Better, But You Do. Um, so check him out. Um, uh, Joseph Solomon, it's, it's on YouTube. He uploaded it. Things may not get better, but you do. And I'll leave you with that. Take care.